Hello and welcome to Starside Cafe and Starside Chat. Chat. I started with the name of the thing and then went with the (laughs) other name of the thing. Uh, Anyway, this is episode five and joining me is Aaron Capo as usual. Hello. How's it going, Zach Owens? That's me. Uh, It's going swell. How about you? It's good. I had an exciting weekend. Uh, played some games, and uh, it was very cold. What it about was. you? Did you do anything it did, exciting? It snowed, and it was crazy. Uh, I mostly, I mean, we can get into this when we're in the, like, what we're playing and watching segment, but I, I jumped back into Overwatch. Mm, yes, I'm very excited to hear about this. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um do you want to just jump right into the news? Because it's a busy week. Yeah, we got a lot of news items. I think the most news items we've had in a show notes uh, up to this point. This is a record-breaking episode. That's how you know it's going to be a good show. Zach, tell me about the PS5. So the PlayStation 5, there, there's been some uh, rumors and articles coming out about it. And... Uh, Kotaku looked into it, and apparently the rumor was that the PlayStation 5 was going to be coming out in 2018, or at least it was possible, but Kotaku looked into it, and that is not going to happen. It is definitely not going to arrive until at least 2020, and that seems like a reasonable time frame considering... I think the PS3 generation lasted about seven years, so that would put it right on track for about seven years for the PlayStation 4 as well. Although I don't know if the, like, mid-generation, like, I don't know if that affects it at all. Yeah, the Pro and the the 1X. But the 1X, uh, that came out just last year. I think even if, I mean, they may not come out with a new one. Uh, even if PlayStation does I don't come know, up with yeah. a new one. It's a little that, bit soon. Yeah, I feel like it was like October. When did it come? When, I feel like the Xbox X, One X. Man, it's so, what a complicated naming scheme. What it do you is. think they would call the next Xbox? Uh, Xbox 2? X, 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 2, X, <laughs> 1, 2, X. PS5 is so much cleaner. Well, what I wanted to ask you, because... Uh, I mean, it doesn't seem that far away. Uh, what would you want in a PS5? I guess, I mean, the one thing we know we're going to get is better graphics. Yeah, so I've thought about this, and really, like, with the 360 and PS3 generation, like, towards the end of that life cycle, it was pretty clear that we needed a new console generation because... (laughs) Like at E3 every year, there would be this new game that would they would be showing off this multi-platform game that looked amazing. And I remember specifically Battlefield Three, seeing like the the gameplay uh, like reveal at E3, and I was like, man, this game looks amazing. And then of course, when you played the actual console mm-hmm. release later, you're like, this does not look as good as it did at, at E3. And of was course, Battlefield Three the first one with uh, Frostbite? Uh. It might have been, actually. Yeah, because before that, it was the Bad Company games, and I don't think they'd done Frostbite yet. Uh, Interesting. I remember being... I think that's the right one I'm thinking of. I remember being wowed by that trailer as well. 
Yeah, it was insane how good that game looked, but uh, probably running on PC, like a really high-end PC, so mm. there was, you could tell then that there was a huge disparity between like high-end PC graphics and the current set of consoles, so like you knew we needed a new console generation, and I feel like right now, especially on like the Xbox side of things, when you compare like the high-end graphics on a PC release versus like uh, like the 4K on like an Xbox One X, and even to an extent the PS4 Pro, and it's not really that far apart to the point where you're going. We definitely need like a new set of consoles. So I'm not sure that uh, we're to the point where we definitely need one. Although that could change within the next year or two. Mainly, I think it's uh, frame rates that I would want to see mm. on a new console. So, and Destiny Two may be like the the prime example right now of what uh, we could hope for in a new console generation, because like resolution wise, they're probably the same, but the the difference, and it makes a huge difference when you're just looking at the game, and it's it's all about the frame rate. The fact that that game can run at such a high frame rate on PC, the experience is really, really different. Wait, so what do you think? Will there be any gimmicks? Like, not to say that VR is a gimmick because it's not, but uh, the PS five or the PS four right now has a pretty like good lineup of VR titles, including like oh, there was one that just came out that everybody has been talking about that I can't remember the name of. But uh, I don't know. I feel like VR is here to stay. So I feel like may- like maybe that'll be a big part of PS5 is some sort of new PSVR. Uh, but like Xbox is always trying to do, I mean, they're, they're probably never going to do Connect again. But is there some sort of interesting gimmick that would uh, get you excited about a new console generation besides graphics and frame rates and HDR, 4K, things like that? Uh, yeah, for sure I'd be interested to see whatever they're doing with, like, the next wave of VR stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, like, we haven't seen Microsoft's, uh, VR thing for Xbox yet. So, I don't know if they're going to end up holding that for a next generation of consoles, or if that's something that could still come out for the current set of consoles, or, I guess, the current console, but, um... Yeah, I think PSVR is hampered at least by the fact that it's still using like old move controllers and yes, a better input would definitely. I mean, there there is a there's a gun you can get that has a couple of games, but aside from that, you are. I mean, and you're also using the the controller sometimes as well because it's tracked the same way. There's that light. It's mm. IR based. Yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, definitely a different form of uh, interaction would be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and maybe maybe they can do that with whatever they're uh, doing for Gen 2 of the PSVR, and maybe they need a PS5 in order to pull that off. Um, and I so I wondered, you know, maybe the like mid-console upgrade was a sign of things to come and that they're not going to do like these big like, you know, here's a new console generation that, you know, doesn't run games 
that the last generation ran or it like is running games that you can't play on the last generation of consoles like maybe they're gonna go like a more pc route where it, mm. they're just releasing these like upgrades and you'll still be able to play stuff on there but i don't know i feel like we're definitely gonna get some sort of big leap because i mean it's sort of like how when you drive a car off the lot it immediately starts depreciating i mean they put i mean it's alleviated somewhat by the with these pros but once you put out that ps4 it's like instantly uh old technology you know well and that's what i was gonna say so for sure they're going to do a new console generation uh and that was in that kotaku article they they did say that the the information rumors that are floating around with uh developers right now is that it will be a playstation 5 and not some like beefier ps4 pro 2 or whatever more proer um <laughs> and, and it makes sense that they would want need to do that as well because even if they keep this like cycle of pro and more proer you know power <laughs> increases uh at some point they're going to be making games for that that or the games are going to be held back by the original PS4. It was the Destiny problem. I read something earlier this week that said uh, a, a reason that Destiny 1 sort of took a while to develop things for and was sort of, uh, it was hampered by also being on PS3. And yeah. that was maybe a reason they wanted a PS, or they wanted a Destiny 2 was so that they could stop supporting old consoles, you know? Yeah. I think you're right that at some point like it puts too much on the developers to have to develop for multiple types of the same system you know multiple yep. power levels having to support the base console that's not as powerful like it needs to be able to run on that mm -hmm. but also this like more beefy version and so even if they did that like at some point they would have to cut off support for like the base ps4 model and say mm -hmm. this one's only gonna run or be able to run on the more recent versions. And, you but know, Zach, maybe that's fine, but whatever. What about Nintendo Switch functionality on another console? Oh, you mean, like, would they do something like... Uh, Some sort of base station that has a mobile element. Well, so my pitch last week was something along those lines, wasn't it? Was it? I don't remember. Yeah, so my pitch was... That instead of, like, building a mobile uh, piece of hardware that could run, like, either, uh, like, full-on PS5 games or, like, stream them or something like that, they would leverage whatever hardware was already out there. So, like, your Android or iOS device, but they would, through their app, uh, you would be able to access... I don't know, like you could download either kind of the way Nintendo has like specific iOS and Android games. I'm uh, talking about the console itself, like a physical, basically a tablet like the Switch, but PS tablet. I don't know if that's, if they want to do that. No? They might, and I wouldn't be opposed to it if it's done well, but I don't know if they are interested in competing with Nintendo in like the mobile space. Because that's the other thing is, like, the tablet idea, while I like it, obviously, because I think Nintendo did a great job with the Switch, and I really enjoy that system, it is, like, not competing on, like, a power level. 
Mm. And PlayStation and Sony, they've always been kind of like at the forefront of that like console power like competition. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would stop doing that in order to compete with Nintendo because Nintendo's yeah, doing their own that's thing. Probably true. Why do you? Are you predicting that the PS5 will be a Switch competitor? No. You know what I think is maybe more likely. I don't know if this is likely, but what do you think about just a refined, very simple box that completely relies on streaming? So that you don't download games, you buy games, or maybe even you buy a subscription. This already exists in some forms. But the PS5 would just be server farms. And you don't download, things are instantly patched. You just like click the game you want to play that you have purchased, and it's instantly streamed with like very low latency to whatever thing you have. Basically, I'm not talking about a dongle. Like, it would be a full box because they would have to figure out latency. That would be the main thing they would have to solve. Yeah. I, I, the only problem with that is, like, is the latency thing. I don't know if our but, current... So that so PS... I believe it's called PS Now right now. I rented a game on PS Now. I rented the old PS3 version of Shadow of the Colossus. And I was able to play it pretty seamlessly with very low latency. And I didn't download anything. It was just completely streamed to my PS4. And that it did hold up? Yeah, it held up pretty well. Uh, there was like one time when I like tried to grab after a jump, but like I played for I think I took down three colossi, and I was it was very easy. I didn't really there was not noticeable latency for me on PS Now. Because I, I, maybe it's gotten better, but I have heard that um, like the PS Now thing has not really gone that well for. It's some... heavily dependent on your internet yeah and maybe maybe that is what's holding them back from like dedicating an entire console to that idea Mm -hmm. but that would it would they would they could release themselves from the console having like a set video card you know because it could be whatever the servers are you know true well the the hardware would have to be powerful enough to to run it still so it would still be a little bit like having a pc that you would just have to swap out graphics cards you know Mm. every few years for speaking of swapping things out sack for things that are very similar destiny 2 yeah so (laughs) sick burn that i just did i was expecting you to say like oh oh sick burn (laughs) on that one well I done. have not read anything about Destiny 2, but there apparently is a roadmap because they just released uh, stuff about the next DLC, which we own, I guess. Yeah, they, they got us. They got us good. They got us. I was so sure, Zach. I feel bad that I have led you astray. You did lead me astray, and I don't feel great about it. Um, <laughs> the next expansion is called Warmind. And I don't know anything about it other than that it's called Warmind. Well, your main enemy, I think, or ally, who knows, is uh, Rasputin, which is like the rogue uh, Warmind AI from the Golden Age. Yeah, so we already own this DLC, like it or not. A lot of people, like, bought into the season pass. Yeah, well, so looking at their roadmap, um, and I I don't remember all the points from the roadmap, like, just off the top of my head, but uh, it's looking like, it's looking like over time, they're basically just going to be adding 
you know, D1 features back into it mm-hmm. to the point where we will, by the end of Destiny 2, be playing Destiny 1 again. In we have Destiny talked at 2. length about the things that are wrong with Destiny 2. I feel like it comes up in a lot of videos that aren't even about Destiny. Yeah, we, I think we talked about it a lot in the Sea of Thieves episode that we did. But, I mean... I have not, like, I played the first mission of Curse of Osiris, and I was just, I don't know, I washed my hands of it, which is crazy. Like, I remember when Dark Below came out, I did the whole mission, I did every story mission, and I played it for a while, and then I was just like, whatever. And I didn't really get back into it until the spring DLC, House of Wolves, and that was fine. And then Taken King was really good, but... uh I don't know, like the first, just like all of the Curse of Osiris and like just the community outcry has left such a bad taste in my mouth that like, I don't know how psyched I am for this. What about you? I am also, I just like Destiny News at this point is like the farthest from my mind. Like I'm just not at all interested in anything Destiny at this point. Yeah. And it is kind of a bummer because we love Destiny 1 so much. Yeah, Destiny 1, for all its flaws, I, th- I had a lot of fun. I probably logged a thousand hours in that game. I probably also put in a, a similar amount of time. And yeah, I don't know. I have no interest right now in jumping back into Destiny 2. And, you know, I kind of went through phases like that with destiny one where like yeah. uh, a DLC would come out and we would jump in and be uh, very into it for like a few weeks. And then we would kind of fall off and not play mm-hmm. for a few months until the next big update came out. And then we would be like right back on the train. Uh, but like during those few months when there was like not a new DLC to play, like, I kind of was at the point where I just, I didn't care. Like, I didn't want to hear, yeah. I didn't even want to hear Destiny, you know. <laughs> and now, uh, it's kind of like that, but all the time. And yeah. now that they have new stuff coming out, I just don't care. What, like, for sure, there's going to be a crazy DLC on the anniversary of Destiny 2 coming out. There's always a big Taken King style Rise of Iron, not really Rise of Iron, more Taken King style DLC that comes out in September, around the first week of September. Is there, like, can you conceive of a DLC that would get you, like, excited to be, to play uh, Destiny 2 again? I mean, I guess maybe if they did another Taken King style thing. So the problem is that it feels like we already paid, like, for the deluxe edition that came with all the DLC. Mm -hmm. But it was them... We paid that much for, like, a dumbed-down version of, like, Destiny 1 with, like, better graphics. Yes, yes and now true. And now they're just sort of slowly putting the things back into it. So even if they do, like, a Destiny or a Taken King-style update in September that feels really big and has a lot of stuff in it, again, it's just kind of like, well... Like, you're just putting stuff back in that we used to have already. Like, exactly. It, you're not doing anything interesting with this. I just thought of something. Uh-oh. What is it? What if they had a Battle Royale mode? <laughs> they might. I mean, they're desperate to bring people back. They might have to do something like that. I am a little bit into that now that I'm thinking about it. I <laughs> uh, Really? I, guess- I don't know. I feel like uh, th- I love the movement. Like... 
say what you will about Destiny and Destiny Two, but the mo- like the game, the gunplay is very nice, and like the movement, all the PVE stuff I love. PVP is fine, whatever. I guess this would be PVP, but I love the the core gameplay is good, and I think I don't know. I mean, like I feel like it might be a trend this year because there is the rumor that Red Dead Redemption Two is going to have a battle royale mode, but like. I don't know, what would the Destiny 2 Battle Royale mode even look like? I would be very interested. Uh, it's weird because Destiny is all about the gear and stuff that you've mm. earned. So yes. taking all of that away and making it just random like pickups. Yeah. Um, I, it's an interesting idea, and I'm sure that some people would be super into it. Think about that, because think, like, what if, like, drops, like, a. Uh, uh, supply drops were like exotic armors and stuff, you know? Well, the other thing is like the battle Royale maps have to be big and none yeah, of the true. destiny maps are big. Very true. So they would, uh, I don't, I almost don't know how they do it, but the other thing is, so the maps are very, very large and mm-hmm. there's a lot of players in these rounds at one time. Good point. And Destiny's multiplayer is the exact opposite of that. It's like <laughs> a few players in a very small map. Uh, very true. So I don't even know if they could do it uh, is the thing. Maybe yeah. they can, uh, but I don't know if they like have the resources to be able to do that. The other thing uh, I I heard about, um, I don't know much about like the development side of Destiny, but it's my understanding that one of the reasons why a game like, you know, Fortnite or PUBG or, you know, pretty much any number of other, like, online games is able to constantly be adding new things and uh, updating and changing things, like, week to week, basically. And mm-hmm. Destiny does not get that. Like, Bungie can't seem to do it. It's because they, like sort of changed over the engine or built like a new engine for destiny. And when they did that, I guess it wasn't optimized well, or there was some sort of issue with it where in order to change a thing or load into like their editor or whatever to like make changes, it would take one of their computers like eight hours. What? So it's like not convenient at all to actually go in and tweak things, which is why everything takes so long with them. Uh, This is just something I heard. I don't know if it's necessarily true, but it would maybe make sense as to why Bungie is really, really dragging their feet about making changes. Because you would think with all the player backlash and the fact that so many people have just abandoned the game, that they would have been rushing changes out over the last, like, however many months. And yeah, that's true. There's been basically very small updates and very spread apart. That's a good point. I mean, I guess that would explain it if, like, the workflow was very not conducive to making changes. That would make sense. So if that is the case, then we need a Destiny 3 on a different engine and we uh, we would need that uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a nail in the coffin of this is going to be they're going to unveil the Division 2 at E3 this year, which, like, I enjoyed when we got the Division and played it. I enjoyed it. We kind of fell off because the end game wasn't really there, but yeah. 
we, I think we've talked about this, that after we stopped playing it, there were a lot of updates, and it was, uh, it was a very well-kept-up game by the developers. And I think there was a big patch called, like, 1.8. Yep. There were a couple DLCs as well, and it became a lot more, like, a lot richer of an end game. And so I think maybe they've learned from uh, the first one the way that Bungie did not learn from the first Destiny. And if that's a really good game... Also, Anthem is coming out. Yeah, like. that's what I was going to say. Uh, like, yeah, de- uh, the Division made a lot of good changes. I We didn't jump back into it because it felt like, oh, it's too late for us now. They, the, the game and that community has moved on and we're not yeah. ready for it. But, like, the Division 2 might be a good jumping on point. For sure. Uh, so they're going to probably lose some people there. But also, Anthem is the big one that I'm thinking of. And there's a lot of concern about Anthem, and that's fair. But uh, I'm actually really looking forward to it, and I think a lot of people are. And if that ends up being good, like, Destiny 2 is in a bad spot right now. If they don't, like, really fix it and fix it soon, by the time the Division 2 and Anthem come out, it might be too little, too late, whatever they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm in the camp that is a little bit cautious about anthem i know that you're psyched for it but uh i want i mean obviously we're going to get a ton of information about it e3 i assume but uh i I think i'm gonna wait until it comes out at any rate destiny may very well be doomed oh and that leads us to story number three doom what a transition to hell on earth tease for e3 2018 tell us about it uh, so they were talking to Bethesda, just, uh, I forget who was being interviewed. I think it was some lead or CEO or somebody. And they were like, well, what are you going to show at E3 this year? Kind of t- like, uh, trying to get some info. And the guy was like, oh, you know, I can't really tell you what we're going to show at E3. We got some very exciting stuff, but, uh, you know, it's going to be a real hell on earth type situation. We're in crunch time. And everyone is speculating that, like, because Doom 2 was called Doom 2 Hell on Earth, and Doom was critically acclaimed, the first one as well as the one that came out in 2016. And I loved that game. I watched a full playthrough of it before ever buying it. And it was so good. Usually I just will watch a playthrough and be good on a game. But it was so good that I bought it and played it all myself as well. And I'm considering getting it for the Switch as well, just for the mobility. Like, it's a very good game. And I think I can't even imagine, like, it is a good company. Like, they make good games. Yeah, their engine is great. The engine is so clean and smooth. And Bethesda is, aside from Elder Scrolls Online, it's an interesting, good company. So, I don't know, man. I'm, I would be pretty psyched if they announced a Doom. I mean, Bethesda's uh, press conference is always the first one. It always kicks it off on the Sunday before E3. It's exciting to watch, especially... Whatever that year where they did Fallout 4, they do the like the thing I love about press conferences is the surprise. And the thing I love the most, I don't know who patented it. I think it might have been Apple. The one more thing. The one more thing, exactly. Yeah. They get done with everything and they're like, oh, one more thing. And they did that with Fallout 4 when they announced Fallout 4, and it blew my mind. They didn't really do it last year. Last year yeah. was a little bit of a lackluster year for Bethesda, but I don't know. That's why I love E3 is because there's like six or seven chances for like during the press conferences for them to be like, oh, and guess what? And maybe that's maybe this will be the guess what? Maybe it won't even. Maybe it'll be something 
maybe it'll be the first thing they announce. Who knows? But I'm I'm very excited for uh, Bethesda's press conference this year at E3. Well, and here's the thing. So I I love Bethesda games. I, I they do a really good job with with a lot of their titles. They're known for quality. I like a lot of their stuff. And so the thing, the interesting thing that they do is they're very good at like sort of keeping stuff a secret. True. Very and true. Then, so they always have some crazy reveals, and then during the E3 press conference when they show it, they're like, oh, and by the way, you're going to be playing this this fall. Mm-hmm. And everyone's mind is blown. And that's <laughs> why I have a little prediction that I want to make that might just knock your socks off. And okay. it is Elder Scrolls Six at E3 this year. No. Well, you're wrong. Zach, I am almost 100% sh- Maybe I'm wrong, but I am almost 100% sure we're not going to get an Elder Scrolls game until, like, 2022. You think, like, the next console generation, huh? I, I don't know, man. Like, uh, so the last one was 11-11-11, so it's been seven years. I mean, that's long enough. But also, like, I'm pretty sure Bethesda is in charge of the... What's that thing? The throne, Game of Thrones game. Yeah, I heard that there was like rumors that they were doing one. I don't know if it ended up being true or not, though. Was it? And I'm pretty sure they teased like that they're working on a new IP as well. Well, that is completely separate from Elder Scrolls, and they're like so invested in Elder Scrolls Online, and nobody cares about it, and they really I, want people to care I about it. And I think that's one of the good reasons why they should do Elder Scrolls Six and just stop. I agree with all this Elder Scrolls Online stuff. Uh, but, like, they do, uh, like, how long was it between um, Elder Scroll or Skyrim and Fallout 4? Mm, but that used the same engine. Yeah. It was a while. It so, was a while. So you think they need a new engine, then? I would love, they're still using, I'm, I think they're still using the Morrowind engine. At the, at the very least, I know they're using the Oblivion engine, because it's still that radiant AI. Well, I think they had made... I think they had done either a new engine for Skyrim or it was just like vastly improved. I'm not sure. Which. It's vastly improved, but it's the same base engine. Sure. And maybe they do need to build a new engine for that. And maybe that's why it's taking longer than we want it to. Uh, and in the meantime, they have just pumped out Skyrim for every possible, mm. uh, you know, gaming device imaginable. But. It's been long enough. Come on. We need Elder Scrolls 6. Zach, can I tell you my dream for Elder Scrolls 6? Okay. I would love for it to be set... First of all, I would love for it to have a new engine. And I would love for it to be set in the Khajiit homeworld, which is... Not homeworld, but like country called... I believe it's called Elsewhere. And that is a desert. And I would love for them to have developed a crazy new like sand physics technology that would allow for i don't even know what but it would be so impressive graphically as well as just like on a technical level like shifting sands the ability to like some sort of crazy particle effect like miniature i don't even know miniature voxels or some nonsense but like a crazy desert that's something we haven't really seen there's been crazy morrowind swamp land and then Oblivion was just in Tamriel, which is a little bit of everything. And then Skyrim is up cold and just like mountains and nonsense. 
I would love for there to be a crazy, very interestingly rendered desert Skyrim. I think that'd be very cool. I want, so I think they do, like, they could do that, but I want it to be like uh, Hyrule in Breath of the Wild, where you have a little bit of everything, and it just depends on what part of the map you're on. That's the, like, what you want, like, you want, like, what everybody wants in GTA, which is just, like, GTA America. Uh, I mean, yeah. Well, you want so, the entirety of uh, what is the whole land called? Tamriel is the middle part, isn't it? Or is that the whole land? Um, it is. I used to know all about the lore of Skyrim. I once like did a deep dive on the Wikipedia and like learned all about their creation myths and everything. So Tamriel is probably the like country. I thought and... it was the middle part, and then Skyrim was above Tamriel. Oh, really? I have no idea. I have not read into the lore or anything. Uh, I I just know that I want Elder Scrolls Six to happen. So I think if I put it out there, <laughs> that it will maybe, like, it's like one of those uh, self-fulfilling prophecies where if, if oh, enough, I'm wrong. enough people believe it and keep, saying it it will just happen cyrodiil is where uh oblivion takes place i think tamriel is the whole continent yeah i'm wrong about that yeah i think it is yeah it's tamriel is like the whole continent and the planet of nern nern i think that's what it says tamriel there's a bunch of stuff Anyway, I would imagine that's a, a a big wiki with lots of very nerdy information. That... I think that you, I I believe. I mean, what you're basically uh, preaching is the secret, which I think is not a thing. Uh, but I think you're wrong. But I would love to be wrong. I mean, you are. I think correct. I'm wrong as well. But I want to be right, so I am throwing it out there. And when I am right. <laughs> Your mind's going to be blown. I want that. I I love a surprise. I love an E3 surprise. And that would be the best surprise. That's like on the level. That's almost on the level of Half-Life 3 coming out. Everyone wants a new Elder Scrolls game. And they're always great. Yeah. Well, but the, the difference is that Elder Scrolls 6 is far more likely. Like, yeah. at some point, we know we're going to get an Elder Scrolls 6. It may not be this year. It may not be until the new console generation. But how crazy would it be to not have an Elder Scrolls game on this console generation? I guess that's a super good point. We haven't had one. We had two but 360 PS3 generation. Yeah. That's good. Wait, when was Oblivion? I thought Oblivion was PS2. Nope. It was Xbox 360 PS3. It was like 2006 or 2007. I think it was 06, yeah. the year that the 360 came out. I think you're right. Because I remember I uh, like I had a lot of friends in college that loved that game, uh, mm. and I like was playing Fallout 3, and they were all like, "Oh, this is just Oblivion with guns." And I was I was <laughs> like, "I don't get that reference." And then eventually, <laughs> they were like, "You need to play this." And so I played uh, Oblivion, and I loved it. And yeah, uh, yeah. So that definitely came out on the 360 generation, like towards the very, very beginning. And then, of course, Skyrim is one of my top five games of all time. So mm. I want Elder Scrolls Six pretty badly. We'll see. 
we'll put a pin in it. But something we will know about this week is God of War. And we already know people like it. It is uh, getting a lot of good reviews already. A lot of 10 quickly. out of 10s. Game's not even out yet. I've read so many articles about how it's very different from the previous games, but good in so many new ways. Like, I don't think I've read anything bad about it, actually. I have not either, and I most of the things I have seen have been calling it, like, a, an early game of the year. Like... Yes, already, I read that as well. Already willing to, to call it game of the year, and it's like the best God of War game, and mm-hmm. it's uh, a lot of people are giving it like 10 out of 10s. Yes, including Polygon, which very rarely gives things 10 out of 10s. Yeah, they've been very low on some big games recently, uh, but they were very, very high on God of War, so... And also, I wanted to announce that we're going to be doing an official Let's Play. Not a fi- I mean, they're not asking us to do this, but... Uh, Officially, uh, they, offic- they asked us, they put us up to it. No, they did not. We don't want to get any illegal trouble, Zach. But uh, <laughs> uh, we are going to be doing a Let's Play of this. We're going to go get the game on Friday, record all weekend, and start putting it out on Monday. So if you don't want to play the game and you like us, then just wait for Monday and we'll play the game for you. Even if you don't like us we're still gonna do it so you should still watch it (laughs) please like and subscribe (laughs) yeah uh i'm looking forward to it quite a bit um i think it's gonna be awesome and i Mm. i yeah it looks very different and i'm excited to see how they handle like the fact that it's all one cut or one shot there's no cuts just all one shot the entire game unless you die i guess but uh, I think that's a very cool, interesting, and probably very challenging thing to pull off. And I, so I'm curious to see how they do it. Yes. You know what I'm curious about, Zach? Um, no. What are you curious about? Dolphins. Dolphins are the dogs of the sea, as they say. Zach, they added dolphins to Minecraft. Uh, I used to be like a lot more up-to-date on things going on in Minecraft. I stopped pretty much... I oh man, it was so many updates ago. But I just saw that in the latest snapshot, 18w15a, they oh, added sure. a uh, 18w15a. Gotcha. <laughs> well, they always they have a weird naming system for snapshots. <laughs> but I used to be plugged in, and I followed a bunch of YouTube channels that would do little overviews of every snapshot. And it was always very interesting. But I'm not actively playing snap, uh, Minecraft anymore. And if I did play Minecraft, I would play modded Minecraft because. I find that to be a lot more rewarding. But uh, in raw vanilla Minecraft, they added dolphins, which uh, there isn't a lot of sea life. I mean, I guess there's you can fish, but and there's squids. And there might even be, there's like an evil kind of fish, I think, called a guardian. I'm not really sure. I, that was post me playing is when that was added. But is it like I a thought shark? the dolphins was interesting. No, it's a weird thing that like, uh, it like uh, does this thing weird effect where like your vision it like puts this thing in your vision uh and it makes a crazy sound i think i don't remember what i think they are called guardians but i'm not sure so what's the significance of dolphins being added i don't know i just got some nostalgia is it is it just for fun there's not like a special thing going on with them uh you can definitely chill out with them and uh i don't think that you can they love floating things it says in the patch notes 
Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it says, uh, it also says, if you upset one, you upset them all. So is this kind of like a chickens in uh, Zelda I'm situation sure. where if you attack one, they will just all come kill you right away? I'm sure. And it says more behavior is coming soon. Like right now they chase your boat and are just like uh, little inquisitive little dolphins. But I don't know. I just, uh, I felt a little nostalgia for like constantly wanting all the new Minecraft news. Like when they added the nether, it was a big deal. And like back in the day when I was playing it regularly and they were putting out a new snapshot every couple of weeks of just like, oh, now there's like lamps and stuff like that. I was very into it. So I just like, I don't know. I thought I'd mention there are dolphins now. Is Minecraft still like a huge deal? Less so. I Well, more with kids, definitely. But uh, I think now Fortnite is kind of having a moment. But with little children, like I would say 12 and under maybe. Yeah. I think it's still heavily. I mean, because you can get it on everything, much like Skyrim. Like you can get this on an iPad or Switch even or like pretty much every console that exists. You can get Minecraft. And it is. I mean, I, I still understand the appeal of it. And definitely if you're a kid, you want that building. You want to be able to build your own universe. Uh, but I think it's fallen a little bit. I think some of the most recent patches have added things that I'm not crazy about, but maybe kids love. So I don't know. Well, modded Minecraft is something maybe we should do a video series on because I don't think you realize how crazy you can get in modded Minecraft. I was going to say, I since I really don't have any experience with Minecraft, I would be curious to see you put together some videos to show me kind of what it's all about. Man, Minecraft videos, that's like, I don't know, man. We could definitely get into that, but I feel like that's a little two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wondered if Minecraft was still a big deal or not, because it, it does feel like that was such a long time ago that that was I would exploding. do a deep dive and look at, like, the new mod scene, because definitely, like, I still sometimes get the itch to open up, like, a, a Tekkit server and build, like, a giant... Uh, my favorite thing to do was to build a quarry and then build an intricate sorting system that just like does everything for me. And then I always wanted to make it the most efficient way. And now I think there's probably just machines that will sort everything for you. But I don't know. Making that uh, workflow was always very fun to me. I mean, you could do like we could do a video on it. You don't. We don't have to do like a new series yeah, we'll or whatever. But. I mean, I still have all the launchers installed, so it would be very easy for me to do. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. So the next story, I don't have a good segue for this one. Sega announced the Mega Mini Drive over the weekend. Yes. And it is like they're getting in on that whole like nostalgia, like Nintendo was making their small like retro consoles. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're getting in on that. And this one's going to have 15 classic Sega games. This is something I would buy. I don't own and I have no desire to buy a super nintendo an snes uh mini like classic edition but i grew up with a sega yeah like this was my first console and i feel like i depending on the price point and what 15 games i would definitely get this yeah i was gonna say in the episode where we talked about how our like gaming history uh you mentioned that like you grew up with sega consoles and so i was curious to hear uh how you felt about this whole thing I should also say, during the taping of that episode, I had severe neck pain, so I probably sounded a little, like, 
down that time. And also it was a very abbreviated yeah. uh, history. Yeah, it was for me as well. I, I knew that you were not feeling great that night. So I like <laughs> did, and I knew that that conversation could be like long winded. And so I kind of didn't want to drag that out. But uh, maybe we can talk more about that some other time. Yeah, maybe do another video. But yeah, I mean, just off the top of my head, like I was in love with Sonic games and I have Sonic Mania on Switch, which is that like scratches the itch a little bit. And also, I wasn't it just announced this week that a bunch of classic Sega games are coming to Nintendo Switch? Yeah, that was that, so that was along with this announcement uh, for the uh, uh, Mega Drive Mini was that also classic Sega games are going to come to the Nintendo Switch this summer. So, I mean, maybe I don't need this, but it could be something where, I don't know. I mean, it's so tiny. I feel like something people do is, like, bring it to work and then just, like, put it in an extra HDMI port and just, like, play at work. Yes. Yeah, I like the miniature portability of it. That's why, I mean, that's another thing I like about the Switch, but... Well, so the, that's the thing is this is really more for like collectors and yes, people people like you who kind of grew up with the the system, and so it's sort of this um, uh, what is the word? It's um, nostalgia grab. Yeah, but that's not the word I'm trying to think of. It has completely fallen out of my brain. Anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> this happened to me earlier. Um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, we don't need to waste time on this. Basically, it, it sort of does just have that nostalgia factor for people. And that's that's the reason why it exists. Because, like you said, especially if they're going to release the classic Sega games on the Switch, like, you kind of go, well, do I even need that? Like, why would I buy that? And that's I, yeah. I wonder if that's partly the reason why Nintendo has really dragged their feet about virtual console. Yeah. Because they're, tr- they're still hoping people will buy their SNES Classic. I don't know. I think people would probably still buy it because it's just nice to have that thing around. Like, it's, it is a Yeah, it looks item. nice on a shelf. Yeah. And it's cool because it looks like the original thing. And also, even if it only has, like, 15 games or whatever, it's still, like, this unique piece of, like, Sega or Nintendo, like, history. And exactly. it's eventually going to, like, go out of stock. And, like, 20 years from now, you're still going to be, like, I I actually jumped on it and got one of these things. <laughs> And it's so it's like added to your, I guess, collection of like gaming things or whatever. Yeah, I am very interested and we'll talk about the 15 games when they're released. But speaking of hardware that's getting released, did you see those new Nintendo patents? I didn't. Take a look at these. So I don't know what this is for. And obviously, if if a company patents something, it doesn't mean for sure they're going to make it into something. But... These patents came out this week that are basically Nintendo is patenting some sort of like modular multi-touch, multi-device screen system. So think of it like if you've got sounds like two DS. tablets. Yeah, well, more than that, though. So like, let's say you've got two tablets. If you put them next to each other, all of a sudden the screen is extended onto the next tablet. And also you can touch it with multiple fingers. But then, so like... One of the images is like a picture of a banana, but it's split between three displays that have been pushed together. So you're kind of like, the more displays you add, the bigger your like window into this is. But it's not just 2D. 
another picture is like three sides of a cube and now the banana has become sort of three-dimensional because two of them are fate are like straight up and one of them is flat on the floor but the, it's like you're building a cube out of these tablets but it knows that you're doing that to some extent and then there's other things like they've set up like three or four tablets in a row and it like shows a diagram of like a finger like moving a ball across all of them so that you can make like a crazy pong game and things like that but i don't really know what the like i don't know what the play is here if it's for a singular thing or if their new thing is going to be like hey this is a this is our default game tablet thing that maybe works with like nintendo labo or something buy like it's like $50 per tablet. Buy like six tablets and you can make a crazy game out of these, you know? Yeah, that sounds crazy. Um, Have they said how large they expect the screens to be? I don't know. It might be in the documentation. But again, this is just like, this is not a definite thing of, oh yeah, Nintendo's definitely working on this. Sometimes companies just patent things and it doesn't go anywhere. This is just an interesting patent that I believe... Uh, the website Digital Trends found. Yeah. But it's tracked multi-touch, multi-screen console is what they're calling it based on this documentation. So it might be wholly different from the Switch and something else weird they're working on. Or maybe it is the Switch. I mean, when you, I mean, if you take the Joy-Cons off the Switch, it kind of is just a tablet. So maybe you put multiple Switches together and it can already do this. Yeah, I guess that's possible. The the only thing is the Switch kind of has large bezels, and I feel like if you're yeah. wanting to, like, sort of put a couple of screens together and, like, almost have them snap together and then have whatever image is on the screen being sort of shared or, or just be extended by the other screen, I feel like that immersion would be quickly broken by this, the sizable bezels on the uh, Switch screen. Well, I don't know, man. Like, Nintendo iterates in the mobile platform pretty quickly. Like, there's been so many DSs, like, where they reduce the bezels significantly and just make the screens a lot bigger. So who's to say they're not going to next year be like, hey, guess what? Switch 2. It's not necessarily, like, a new Switch, but it's, like, or a Switch HD or something. Yeah. Where there's, like, very like zero bezels and maybe the Joy-Cons are a little bigger. People have talked about that where there there's a lot of people who are curious if they're going to sort of do what they did, have done in the mobile space with like the, the DS line where they've mm-hmm. made just like a ton of different types of them. And yes. like one of them's 3D and one of them is like flat and one of them, you know, the most of the rest of them are like clamshell design. Uh, and so they're wondering, and there's also like the XL version. So they're, they're wondering mm-hmm. if there's going to be like a, Switch XL. Yeah, a Switch XL coming or um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe just like an iterated version that has uh, like it's a little bit thinner, has a little bit larger screen and a little bit less bezel. And who knows? Interesting to watch. I don't know. I I am excited. I I love the Switch. It's been my favorite console, I think. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't have a lot of strong feeling. I loved my Xbox 360, but I think I more loved the games on my Xbox 360. And my PS4 is also cool, I guess, but it was really just a Destiny box for the first two years I had it. Yeah. Uh, and the Switch is something I can just, like, I don't know, it, the things that it changed, like being able to play it on an airplane or, like, when I travel, 
is just and Breath of the Wild is like such a solid game as well as Super Mario Odyssey. It's just like I don't know. I like the console itself as well as the game. That's true. It is an innovative piece of hardware, and that makes it definitely more memorable than a, like a PS4 or like a standard home console that basically mm-hmm. you hide away and never really interact with the hardware itself, and it's all yeah. about what you're doing with the software. Whereas the Switch, by virtue of it being a handheld and a home console, like you're you're constantly sort of having to interact with it, which makes it sort of stand out a little bit more, I guess. Something to think about. So we'll see if uh, Nintendo has teased they have very interesting things to show at E3. So it probably is not a new Switch, but who's, who's to say? I don't know. Maybe they'll tease a Switch XL. But I don't know. The thing about that is I wonder what the price point would be, and I wonder how many people would upgrade. Yeah, that's true. Something, but, something to think about. Zach, I want to know, we're running a little low on time, but I want to know about uh, this Overwatch event, because I had not heard anything about this. I had sort of dropped off of Overwatch. Yeah, so I I really want you to, uh, and maybe even like some of our other friends, to get Overwatch so that we can play it together, because I love the fact that they're just sort of doing all these seasonal events, and they're always adding like new characters, and they're adding new game modes, and... It's just so, it's one of those games that sort of the the base game of it and the controls of it, just like we talked about with Destiny, is like the shooter experience of it is so solid and so satisfying to play that you can pretty much always come back to it and have a good time just playing the game. And one of the things it does sort of better than a game like a Destiny is that you have all the characters and you have all the items that you would need. Uh, So unlike where we fell off of a game like The Division, because we were like, oh, it's too late for us. We fell too far behind on this. Uh, You will never fall too far behind on Overwatch because you will always have everything you need. And you can always literally just jump right in and check out that new character or play that new game mode. Uh, and so uh, the other thing that I like about it is that they've been adding these cooperative modes. So I play less and less like PVP stuff as I get older and I'm way more into like cooperative stuff. And so I really like that every October they do this, um, cooperative mode called, uh, Dr. Junkenstein's Revenge, which is this like... (laughs) you know this jokey take on cooperative survival like wave based stuff yeah uh, and they they utilize their roster of characters in like really interesting ways with those and so it's just fun to jump in and play that and i i've started uh it's almost become an annual tradition that i will always jump back into overwatch in august for uh the summer olympic games so i can play lucio ball which is basically uh, what's that game? The car one. Rocket yeah, League. it's basically Rocket League in Overwatch. And then every <laughs> October, I'll jump in and play Dr. Junkenstein's Revenge. And it's like this nice little like Halloween tradition. And now uh, the latest one is for their, their spring event, which I forget how long it's running. It's running until probably sometime next week or maybe the week after. I'm not sure. Um, but it's this cooperative event where 
you and three other people are you go in and the, the, there's this mission there's like some backstory to it there is like a cutscene and um, the mission goes wrong and so you have to escape and you have to sort of fight your way through these waves of like enemies until you sort of navigate the map and get to the end where you have to survive a few more waves until a, a like a helicopter or some sort of air vehicle comes in and you can jump on it and fly away to safety. Uh, and so the there's like sort of two versions of it. The first one, you're restricted to just the four characters that are part of the story. Um, and so that's interesting because you have to, you, you know, pick and choose your character wisely and hope you are your the people that are playing with you are also good at the person they picked but then there's another yeah. version of it that like doesn't have any of the cutscenes and you can pick any player or any character you want interesting so i i really like that as well because then you're like free to try it again but with any character so you're not restricted to a specific set of heroes um, yeah, and you put some gameplay up on the I did, channel. yeah. So I put up the gameplay that does have the cutscene. So if you're curious, if you're one of those people that are into, like, Overwatch lore and sort of the story of these characters, which there is actually some interesting uh, backstories for some of these characters, and uh, it sort of gets into, like, sort of the pre-Overwatch stuff, so, like, Blackwatch and mm-hmm. um, almost sort of how... Uh, Reaper kind of turns evil, I guess. Uh, it kind of gets Ramirez. into some Isn't of that. Isn't his real name like Ramirez or something? I, I believe so, something like that. Uh, anyway, so I think it, that's pretty interesting, and I like, and it makes me really want to play like a full Overwatch story mode. <laughs> like I would love it if they would do like an add-on, or even like if they made Overwatch Two at some point, and it just had like a full story mode, and you could play through stuff like that in co-op. Uh, it would be super fun. Kind of like a better version of uh, what was that monster trapping game that came out that was hot for like a week? Oh, you know what I'm talking um, about? Evolve? Oh, I think it was called Evolve, yeah. Where it was four player co op, but it got very stale very quickly. But well, this no, is that, like... was, that was um, a 4v1 multiplayer thing. Oh, yeah. I forgot that the monster was played by another player. Yeah, that was. One of those multiplayer trends that was hot for, like you said, about a week, and then nobody cared anymore. So that one. But what I am likening it to is like uh, interesting co-op that is basically the game. Like I feel like that's a good idea. Like if they made a an Overwatch thing, a new game or an expansion where it was purely co-op, I feel like I would definitely play that. Well, and people have even sort of likened it to the style of, like, mission that you could expect to play with your fire team in Destiny. Mm, Um, Interesting. Which I think, uh, like, right now is a good time to come out with something like that because people are looking for that kind of content and they're not getting it elsewhere, so... The mass exodus. Well, and the other interesting thing is they have, like, different types of enemies this time like they bring in some like they have a a sniper character that i'm sure is sort of based on uh widow or whatever and then they have um like an assassin that will like jump around really quick um and Mm. it will like melee attack you uh and so Mm. you have to like help your teammates out to not die from those guys 
Uh, and if you go down, you can revive your teammates, but if everybody goes down, obviously you fail. And then there's also like a tank character that's like sort of a cross between um, two of the tanks. Like it's like Reinhardt, but without Reinhardt's shield and melee weapon, it has like guns sort of more like, uh, I forget the name of the tank that has like the Gatlin gun type of thing. Oh, that's one of the new ones yeah. from after I stopped playing. Yeah, I like that character, actually. But, yeah, it's sort of a cross between those two characters. Um, and then uh, this event also has the the um, the cooperative uh, game mode that they had from last year, which I think is called Uprising. I also put up gameplay of that game mode in case you didn't play it. Um, and that one is cool because... I, I like the way they were doing the co-op on that one because um, it really utilizes the special abilities of the heroes that are in that game mode in an interesting way. Like, Reinhardt's there, and I actually played as Reinhardt for the video. Mm-hmm. And at, at one point, you have to go and, like, defend this transport thing of some sort. And um, so, yeah, you have to... I was playing as Reinhardt, so it was my job kind of to, like, defend the thing with my shield to keep... Because there were all these robots coming, and there was, like, specific ones that would, like, stop and, like, fire this laser at it. And so I had to, like, go... It was my job to do a specific thing protecting them that the other characters couldn't do. But then they had to be the ones that would, like, go around and clear out, like, the heavy enemies that were further away. So I, I really that sounds very fun. Yeah, I really like stuff like that, and it would be super fun for both of us to play. <laughs> well, we'll see. We will definitely both be playing God of War this weekend, so look out for that. And then another thing that's going to happen this week is uh, I think we're going to go try to see the new Wes Anderson movie and do a little video on that, so look forward for that video as well. Yes, I'm super excited to see Isle of Dogs. I've heard good things, and I'm definitely down to do a review. Cool. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this week. Indeed it does. Uh, Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already, and uh, like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And we have an Instagram. We do have an Instagram. It doesn't get updated very often, but we do have it. (laughs) Uh, I need to uh, probably be more consistent about that, but... We'll see. All right. Well, see you. Well, should we have a sign-off? I was going to say, at some point, we're going to have to start doing like a regular sign-off. Actually, first, before we sign off, let's uh, thank Mike for our graphics. Yes. And, thank you, Mike. And thank you to Ryan for doing our music for the podcast. Oh, and for Kyle for getting us that yes, animation. Yes, and to Kyle for the animation, the intro animation. So Very cool. a lot of people to thank. They did. They were awesome for helping us out just out of the goodness of their hearts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so thank you for that. And uh, I guess we'll see you on the next one. We'll see you in the next one.